Amen. Go ahead. John chapter 10. We're going to be in John chapter 10, both this week and next week. Jesus makes it easy on us in finding his statements in chapter 10. He gives us two I am statements. And so we're going to look at those two the next two weeks. And so if you're joining us for the first time uh, or you just simply don't remember because you have a bad memory or short-term memory or whatever the case may be, we're walking through a series called Who is Jesus, right? And we're learning who Jesus is by looking at the seven I am statements he makes in the book of John, right? And we're looking at them chronologically. So let's pop quiz, right? You're in college and you love pop quizzes. We've talked about two of them. What are the two I am statements we've done so far? I am the light. I am the bread of life. So very good. You passed. Or at least the front row pass, right? So congratulations, front row. Wait, I guess you guys, are, you can hear me the best or something. I don't know. All right. But that's what we were looking at. We've looked at I'm the bread of life, that he is the source. He's the sustainer of life. And then we looked at I am the light, as in he's our guide. He's our path, right? And then these two that we're going to look at the next two weeks are very, very important for the basics of what we believe as Christians, Right? So these are going to be very doctrinal. These are going to be very theological. So those of you who like those two terms, you just got really excited. Those of you who are scared of those two terms, it's okay. Take a deep breath. This is really good, okay? And understand too, right? Every time we open up the word, we're speaking doctrinally. We're speaking theologically, right? And I know those are big churchy words, right? But that's what we're doing. And so we're going to look at John 10. This is a very powerful passage. Obviously, we have in it John 10.10, which most of you probably know, right? Or at least have heard. You're like, wait a second, I've heard that reference. I may not know what it is. Or when you hear the verse, you're like, yeah, I knew that, but I didn't know it was here, right? It's a very familiar. We're going to break that verse apart tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun, okay? But I'm really, really excited about these next two weeks, okay? Because tonight we're going to look at I am the door. Jesus says, I am the door, which I think is a very interesting uh, statement. And the next week, he tells us, I am the good shepherd. I'm like, I don't want to tease next week too much, but like, you're going to want to be here because there's some really good stuff. Not to like overuse that word, but if Jesus used it, I think it's appropriate, right? And so, but tonight sets up next week, okay? So it's very important uh, that you catch that. And I do want to give a disclaimer if you ever have to miss, right? Um, for whatever reason, we do stream this live on our YouTube channel. So we have a couple people online tonight and we welcome them. But we also we have a UNABCM podcast on all of your podcasting platforms. And we're going to release the message on there. So if you ever miss and you're like, man, I missed Monday night. I want to catch it. It's on that podcast. You can catch the audio there. And it's on all the platforms. And you can go back and see the things that we did in the summer over the podcast. And just a little tease here. We've got some more podcast episodes coming soon. So uh, if you're a podcast listener. Okay, enough of that. Let's jump into John 10, shall we? Ready? Let's read the first 10 verses. Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. The sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them 
but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them in verse 7, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So we need to really understand here what Jesus is painting the picture of. Okay, Jesus is giving us a very visual description of who he is and what he came to do here by using sheep and the pasture and shepherds. Okay, And understand, too, one reason many scholars believe that Jesus went this route with this crowd that he's talking to in John chapter 10 is sometimes the term shepherd was actually used for political figures of the day. Right, Because they're shepherding people. Okay, so when he uses the term shepherd here, he's trying to use a term to connect with some of the people in the crowd that may not necessarily be actual shepherds manning sheep. He wanted to get their attention because it was kind of like for those people, like those politicians or those leaders, it was kind of like that lofty, like I'm a shepherd. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that person that's quick to give you like, I am Matt Daniels and here's my title. You know, those people, that's the people Jesus, some of the people that Jesus is talking to in this moment. Okay, so he knows that about them. So he's willing to connect with them where they are. Aren't you glad Jesus is willing to connect with you where you are? (laughs) Right. He doesn't require you to do a bunch of things. He just says, come to me. And the good thing is, is we know he comes to us. Thankfully, we don't have to go all the way to Jesus. Amen. Because we would never get there. That's very encouraging. I know. But here, look, this is important, too. Jesus in verse 1 and verse 7, when he starts his statements, he gives us those two words, truly, truly, I say to you. This is Jesus using emphasis, okay? This is his way of not yelling at the people. You know, sometimes you have to yell, like our parents had to yell at us when we were younger to get our attention, right? Jesus is avoiding yelling by saying truly, truly. He is putting some emphasis and some marks on this by saying Listen to what I'm about to say. And so he paints us, right, this picture of the sheepfold in verse 1. So what the sheepfold is, is simply in a pasture, there would have been a fenced-off area that kept the sheep contained, right? If you know anything about sheep, they like to wander. They're explorers. They like to just go, right? And so the shepherds would build this sheepfold and keep them in. And the important thing in this passage that we're going to get to that's important about the sheepfold is there was one way in and one way out. There was only one door. One way in and one way out. And what would happen, right? Jesus says in verse 1, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. See, what would happen at night when the shepherd would doze off and fall asleep is thieves would climb the fence, grab the sheep, throw them over, right? And then climb and take off running, stealing the sheep. Or if the shepherd was really asleep, like out cold asleep, like some of you heavy sleepers in the room that could sleep through the nuclear bomb, right? They would simply open the gate and just let the sheep wander out because the sheep would wander. Because that's what thieves do, right? Thieves steal. And the important thing that Jesus is describing here is that the thieves wouldn't enter in by the door, the one way in and the one way out. They would hop the fence. They would come the back way. (coughs) Excuse me. I promise if I cough, I do not have COVID. I am negative. 
Okay, I have bad allergies right now. I don't want to freak anybody out. I didn't go to church yesterday because I didn't want to freak anybody. I was bad yesterday, but we're good. Robitussin does a lot of work. Not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> Excuse me. We'll get through this. So what we need to understand here is that the thief, the robber who wants to steal and kill and destroy, as we hear in verse 10, goes his own way, does his own thing. There's no truth to it. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no path. He hops the fence. He comes to the back door and he steals in the night, in the dark. Jesus goes on, he says, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So what Jesus now is painting a picture of is simply him, right? <coughs> the true shepherd, as we're going to learn next week. So what he's painting of is he says, right, the shepherd, the true shepherd goes in by the door. The gatekeeper opens. That's a key phrase. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. <coughs> so here's what Jesus is proclaiming in these six verses. Okay? He's proclaiming a proper entrance, a door. Right? He's proclaiming that the Holy Spirit is the doorkeeper. I told you that was a key phrase right there, right? The gatekeeper. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's the one who makes us realize the door is either open or shut. Right? You hear people say that in church all the time. Go into the open door. God opens one door, or if he closes one door and opens another, right? You've all heard those phrases. That's the Holy Spirit. It's a simple way of saying the Holy Spirit's working in your life and he's showing you something, right? It's the same thing. The Holy Spirit's opening the gate, right? He's also saying that sheep respond to the true voice. See, here's the interesting thing about sheep. Shepherds will create a unique call or a unique sound that they make over and over and over again so that the sheep know that it's their owner. <coughs> okay? And so what would happen is, is these thieves would let them wander, and then the thieves would try to call them. Hey, sheep, come here. woo Come this way, sheep. And they would go every direction but the way that the thief was wanting them to go because they didn't know the voice. The shepherd could wake up out of his sleep, right, and make the call, make the sound, and the sheep would immediately turn and come back to the true shepherd because they know his voice because they listen for that voice. See, the thing is, and I mentioned this in our prayer time, right? We tend to not know the voice of the Savior, but here's the simple thing. The more we spend time in the presence of the shepherd, the better we will know his voice. So that again, the more we are in the presence of the shepherd, the better we will know his voice because our God is a speaking God. Our God is not a yeller, right? Nowhere in Scripture do we see it says Jesus yelled. Jesus screamed at the people. Jesus hollered their name. We never see that, right? What do we see? Jesus whispers after the resurrection, Mary. Jesus calls to Simon Peter. Jesus answers the people. Jesus says to them, you understand it's a calming it's a stealing. It's a sense of, hey, things all right, but just come here. Right? When he called the disciples, he said, come to me. I will show you how to be fishers of men. A simple, just like that. It wasn't like Jesus yelled at him out of the boat, hey, 
Get out that boat. Come here. That's not our God. Our enemy yells. Our enemy screams. Our enemy uses noises and distractions. He uses his voice. But understand, Jesus is proclaiming here when he says in verse 3, he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That one sheep responds to the true voice. That two sheep, that Jesus is well acquainted with his flock. And three, he leads. <coughs> Very simple truth. <coughs> the last thing we see in these verses, in verse 5, is that, or excuse me, verse 4. He goes before them. Jesus is talking about the true shepherd here. He's talking about himself. He's painting a picture. The shepherd, when he would want to take his sheep from the sheepfold to somewhere in the pasture, he would literally lead them. He would walk before them, making that call. Whatever that call was, whatever that sound is, whatever it is, he would go and all of his cute little sheep would follow him. Right? (coughs) It's the same thing for you and I. Jesus leads us. He goes before us. He sets the example for us to just simply follow the call of His voice. And for you and I, those calls are very different. Right? I'm called to full-time ministry. I know that. Some of you in this room are not called to full-time ministry, and you're not going to be. But you're called to be nurses. You're called to be teachers. You're called to be lawyers. You're called to be doctors. You're called to be social workers. You're called to be musicians. You're called to be whatever. Follow it. Because the leader of that pack is Jesus. Right? And that's the picture he's painting here. But the big thing here, I love this in verse 6. Jesus used this figure of speech with him. He's used this comparison. He's used this analogy. And the people are like, what are you talking about? Ever been there? Right? You ever been in like a church setting and someone's teaching and you're like, dude, you're talking, but I have no idea what you're saying. Is that just me? I'm the only one? Okay, that's good. You're all smart. Right? We awake? We good? Everybody here? I know my coughing's distracting. I'm sorry, but we're going to make it. Okay? This is, we're about to get to the real good stuff when Jesus says, I am the door. Right? And so understanding this about the sheepfold, the one way in, the one way out, the proper entrance, the doorkeeper, that sheep responds to the voice, that Jesus is well acquainted with his flock, that he leads the flock, that he sets the example. People still don't understand this. So Jesus says again, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. I love that Jesus just realizes the people are confused and he says, okay. Let me cut through all the descriptive talk and let me just go straight to the point. I am the door. Now, Jesus is not saying he's a door. This white door that's in the way for us to get out. Or that keeps people from coming in. Because you catch that, right? I'm the door of the sheep. What he is saying is, is I am the way in and out. I'm the one who allows people to come in and out. I'm the one who allows you to enter into the presence of the true shepherd, which is the Father. I am the door. This is pivotal, right? And Jesus understands that. What does he say here in verse 7? I am the door of the sheep. Verse 8, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. Understand there were so many false teachers and false prophets of that day that came before Jesus that tried to steal these sheep, that tried to steal the people away, but the sheep did not listen. I love this about Jesus. It's that He is commanding them. He's actually commending them. Excuse me, wrong word. Commending them on the fact that the people before them didn't listen to the false prophets. But what he's saying is all of them are thieves and they're robbers. 
Nobody likes a thief and a robber. Amen. Like if you've ever had anything stolen, like legitimately stolen from you, like it's hard to like that person that stole something from you. Right. Like I'll be back in the day when I was a student here. Right. We went on our spring break spots mission trip. I parked my car right here. That was this was back in like my cool days when I thought I was cool and I had a convertible. I did. I had a convertible. I shaved my head completely bald so that the wind would blow on my skin and I had a convertible. Okay, it's no lie. There's pictures. There's no lie. So we come back from our mission trip and someone had taken a knife through my convertible top and stolen everything out from the inside of my car. Everything. Literally, they took the CD player. They took everything. They just ripped it apart. They tried to hotwire it, but they didn't successfully do that. So all I had was just wires and a wet car because it had rained. Right. I was pretty mad. Can I just be very honest with you? I was pretty mad. Right. And my dad was even more mad than I was when I called him because the car was actually in his name. So he had to be the one to actually file the police report. So he was even more mad because he's six hours away. So not really easy for us to take care of. We don't like thieves and robbers. Right. We don't like them because they steal. They take away. They destroy And what Jesus is trying to say is that all those people that are trying to steal, listen to me, there's one way in and one way out, and I am it, and so let me tell you about that. Right? Because he goes on. He's keeping it very simple. I am the door. You understand the concept of a door, right? I don't have to get into that. You're college students. (laughs) Right? Doors, there's one way out. If we want to go out this door, there's only one way you're going to go out that door. Now, there may be different applications. You might crawl, you might walk, you might run, you might jump. Some of you might trip, right? There's only one way out that door, and there's only one way in that door, as far as passage. Verse 9, Jesus says again, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. We'll go out, go in and out, and find pasture. This is beautiful. You know why the shepherds would take the sheep out of the sheepfold? Do you know why? Because they'd eaten all the good grass. So the shepherd cared enough about them to take them to find some better grass, to find them some better sustenance. And so he would open the door and he would lead the way and he would let his sheep find pasture. They could rest in some nice, cool grass that hasn't been touched by any other sheep. See, Jesus comes as the door to simply say, first and foremost, he says, he will be saved. Jesus is saying that as the door, I'm paving a way for you to be saved. I am paving the way that in spite of your sin, in spite of your faults, you can have an eternal relationship with God the Father, the true shepherd, through me. You've got to go through me. We have to understand that we are sinners. We have to believe that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. And then we have to confess that to him and die to ourselves every single day so that Jesus can reign in us and give our life to him. That's the gospel. And that's what Jesus is saying by I am the door. I am the way. We're going to get into that in John 14, 6, right? When he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We're going to dissect those three things. But understand, Jesus is painting the picture for them that the way is through him as the door. It's one way in and it's one way out, and it's swung open by the Holy Spirit. See, there's a time in your life and a time in my life when the Holy Spirit speaks. See, for me, it was on my 12th birthday. All right, those of you know, I just celebrated my birthday on 9-11, which was Friday. On 9-11-2001, I turned 12 years old. I was handing out cupcakes in my sixth grade class, Mr. Barnes, right? And if you're ever in this situation, those of you who are going to be teachers, don't handle a national crisis like this. Mr. Bond was great. 
one of the best teachers I ever had, but I'll never forget this moment. We were in a double wide trailer in a cow pasture because our school was being built. So they put us in double wide trailers. He had left. He comes back. We're eating cupcakes. We're hanging out. We're sixth graders. We had just come back from PE. So all of us dudes smelled bad. He opens the door. He sticks his head in. He says, hey, guys, America's under attack and the nuclear plants are next. And he closed the door and left. Okay. And like y'all laugh, but here's the serious part and where panic ensued. There was a nuclear plant 40 minutes from our school that 65% of our school's parents worked at. So the kid sitting next to me, whose name was also Matthew, is literally in tears as a 12-year-old boy because he thinks his dad's about to get bombed. Right? So there's panic. But thankfully, Mr. Bond, he's a great guy. He came back in. He was like, okay, the nuclear plants aren't under attack, but we're actually going to go to the real school, the brick buildings, until your parents can come get you because we don't know what's happening. Right? And so then we went and we watched everything on TV and saw what was going on. But I remember on 9-11-2001, for the first time in my life, there was something inside of me that was empty and dark and lonely. I remember that feeling like it was last night. And I went to bed weeping. And thankfully, I have a godly mother who came to check on me. Matthew, why are you weeping? I said, Mom, if I was to die tonight, I would not see Jesus. I knew it. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. So my mother led me to the Lord in my bedroom on 9-11-2001. My 12th birthday became my spiritual birthday. It's kind of cool. Funny how God works sometimes. But here's what I'm trying to get you to understand. I knew the voice of the shepherd. I heard it. And for the first time, it became crystal clear in my life. See, I grew up in church. I'd heard all the church things before. I'd actually already been baptized. (laughs) Cool. Didn't know what it meant. But I came to realize that night that I needed Jesus Christ. And he was the only way for me to have eternal life with him. Right? You with me? Some of you, you're nodding your head. You understand. You're like, yeah. And you're thinking about that time when God spoke to you. And you heard it clearly. For some of you in this room, maybe you've heard that and you haven't made that choice. Can I just simply encourage you? Let tonight be the night you walk through the door. Talk to me about it afterwards. Let's talk about it. I'll help you walk through I'll walk with you through the door. I'll be that other sheep. We'll just follow our shepherd. But those of you that understand it, keep listening to that voice. You know the voice. Listen to it. The Holy Spirit is the gatekeeper and he's swinging the gate open. But understand this too. This is a small application of this passage. But I think the gatekeeper wants to use some of you guys to help people realize he's swinging the gate wide open. He is swinging that door wide open. But they can't see it because the Holy Spirit needs to speak through you. He says they will go in and out and find pasture. There's no better rest than the rest of Jesus. If you're anxious, if you're fearful, if you're searching, if you're wandering, let me just encourage you. Jesus is true rest. He's the pasture. Rest in that. Rest in it. Sometimes when I'm like super stressed or super anxious, there's a worship song called Lean Back. It says, I will lean back in the arms of my Savior. (laughs) Breathe deep. And know that he is good. He's a love like no other. Man, that's what he's getting here. He wants us to rest in him. In verse 10, the verse a lot of us know. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Understand your enemy simply comes to tear you down. He wants to steal from you. He wants to kill from you. He wants to destroy you. 
He wants to destroy everything in your life. He wants nothing good for you. He tempts it by making it look good. But then you bite into it and you realize it's not very good. Right? It's like when you get that box of chocolates and then you pick the one out and you bite into it and it was the inside flavoring that you didn't think that it was. That's what Satan does. He makes you think it's one thing and then you get into it and you quickly realize it's not. Because he's stolen your momentum. He's stolen your mind. He has stolen your thoughts. He has stolen your motives. And gotten you distracted from the shepherd. Because the shepherd, you never see in this with the sheep, right? The shepherd never leads the sheep astray, right? There's a reason why there's only one way in and one way out. To make it very easy to lead the sheep. This isn't a lording. This isn't a domineering. This isn't a dictatorship. It's a protection. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come, I came, that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, we got to understand something about this abundant life. American Christianity in 2020 teaches us everything about this abundant life, that it's prosperous, that it's healthy, that it's all these things. Understand, this abundant life is not wealth. It doesn't mean that life is easy. It doesn't mean your life is going to be long. And it definitely doesn't mean your life is going to be healthy. Understand, there are sheep, right? That struggle. There's sheep with bum legs. There's sheep with missing teeth. There's sheep that have struggles. Real sheep, right? Guess what? We have struggles. Does that mean you're not living an abundant life? No, because what we have to understand, listen to me, the abundant life by walking through the door of Jesus Christ is simply satisfaction knowing our eternity is set. Abundant life is understanding that our completion was done on the cross, not because of anything we do. Understanding that the abundant life is forgiveness of every single one of your and my sins. Understand that this abundant life is the restoration of Jesus Christ both in your life and in my life. And that it's every single day He wants to restore us and make us new. And that every single day when we wake up, we walk in the fullness of God because He pours out His grace and mercy to us new and it's abundant and it's overflowing. Understanding that this abundant life is contentment. And that my Savior is simply enough for me. And I don't need anything else from this world. Understanding that abundant life is knowing that I have the hope that one day I'm going to stand in the presence of my Savior. And I'm going to sing to Him for all eternity. Brothers and sisters, that's abundant life. And if you know that abundant life, start living in that. Stop living for the world. Start, stop thinking that the world is going to give you all of that. It's not. It's going to leave you empty every time. If you're chasing prosperity, guess what? There's not enough of it. If you're chasing good health, you'll never feel healthy enough. You'll never look like you want to look like in the mirror. There will always be faults. If you're chasing a long life, guess what? You're not in control of that. If you're chasing an easy life, well, I'm sorry to break it to you, but you have a thing called flesh, and it's going to make it very hard. But if you're chasing your shepherd, if you're chasing Jesus and walking through that door every single day, I promise you, you will find hope, you will find love, you will find joy, you will find grace, you will find mercy, you will find restoration, you will find redemption, and you will find a Jesus who loves you every single day and gives you all of him, no matter what you do. So why will we not walk through that door? And why will we not tell people about that door? Because that's a door I want to walk through. That's a door I want to lead people through. 
as Jesus leads me.